Welcome to Founders House. This is the second part of my interview with Matt Ladis. If you haven't listened to part one, I suggest you start there. So Matt, how did you get involved with managing Lithic? How did I get involved with Lithic? So when I quit Monarch, which was the business management firm, I went on a little bit of a vacation. I traveled to Costa Rica, kind of explored a little and came back January 2020, fully ready to take on the world. You know, it was my year, just like everyone else. Anyway, I met these guys because the one of the guitarists and, and, and singers is a family friend from Miami. And our dads were really good friends like 30 years ago. So I've already, always known about this kid. His name is Stone. And um, and he's just an insane guitarist, like probably the best, one of the best guitarists, if not the best I've ever seen in person. Um, and so I was always friendly with him. Him and his band went to Berklee College of Music and they graduated from there in 2019. They're all virtuoso musicians, writers, producers. And we always stayed in touch and I visited him and met him, met his band. They had a manager at the time and we all hung out, had a good time. Then he told me he was moving to LA. He visited his girlfriend, hung out with them and really hit it off. And then once they moved out here, we went out to, uh, to some rooftop to watch my friend's band play and hang out. And he told me that the rest of the, I was like, what's the plan? Like, is everyone moving here? You guys stay sticking together a lot of bands don't, you know, stick it out, unfortunately, you know, it's, it's, it's a pipe dream for, for a lot of people. So he was like, yeah, everyone's coming. Like this guy's coming this date. This guy's coming this date. This guy, we don't know when he's coming, but he's going to come. And I was like, Oh, what about, um, about the manager? And he's like, Oh yeah, it didn't work out with him. We, uh, we decided not to, to work with him anymore. I was like, Oh man, that's too bad. He was a nice guy. And then stone was like, yeah, you want to manage us? <laughs> and I was like, in the back of my mind, I was like, yes, yes, that would be amazing. But I was like, yeah, let's do it. Like, I want to, like, maybe let's first, like, talk to the other guys. Like, I don't know if you make all the decisions, but, like, let's, between the two of us, let's, like, plan on it. And, like, let's slowly get me, and you know, introduce me to the other fellas and, you know, get to see what the vibe is like. So they all moved here officially as of January 25th, 2020. And so first order of business was I started doing what I'd know best, which is booking shows, planning concerts. and um we don't have the biggest digital presence yet and and frankly haven't quite broken through i think we're still finding our sound and our audience and sort of our 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 brand but um the band is amazing like they're they're ridiculously talented so my first order of business was let's get rehearsals going let's go book concerts so i literally was showing up to venues with like my iphone and a speaker and i was saying like hey can I talk to the talent buyers here? Hey, can I talk to the owner? Can I talk to the manager? Can I talk to whoever will talk to me, the bartenders? And I would play their unreleased music on a speaker and show people. And I was like, this can be here. <laughs> like, 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 th- like, let's bring this band onto that stage. And people loved like the audacity. And I just, I just like went directly to the people. So I went to the Viper Room, which is a really cool venue. And, you know, we did an unpaid Sunday night show and Vibe Room is historic. Like Tom Petty was the first band to ever play there, like the opening night, and like everyone's played there. And um, and so anyway, we got that Sunday gig, and I was just like, yes, like finally we have a gig. We got 50 people there on a Sunday night, which was rad. Like I didn't think people would show up, and it was mind blowing. Um, it was so much fun. It wasn't like the best gig ever, but it was it was awesome. So yeah, that's kind of how the, that's the origin story. I've been with the band for like over a year now 
and we had a lot of shows planned last year that all got canceled due to COVID. We managed to play three gigs in LA, but I always tell the guys like, instead of dwelling on the fact that all these gigs got canceled, let's be grateful for the fact that we got three gigs under our belt as a team. And then that solidified that I, we all want to work together, you know, because that in the long game, that's what's really important. Um, and yeah, so that's the, the lifting story. A lot of new music coming soon. I can, I can send you some if you want to want to get a preview. Um, it's very interesting. I don't, we don't really have a genre to label it under. It's something in the rock vein, but it's groovy. It's heavy. It's poppy. Um, it's, it's different. So, yeah. Yeah, man, please send me this stuff. I'd love to have a listen. So what's it like to actually be a manager? I mean, you said that you've been with them for just over a year. What's it like to actually manage a band? Well, it's, it's a grind. Um, I've admittedly like not probably seen the full scope of it compared to some other managers who have gone on tours or who signed big deals. But what I will say from my experience is it's a full scope relationship with creative artists who are also a business. So you kind of have to be the person who, you know, like you got the agent who's booking shows, getting deals, very like transactional and deal centric. The business manager is very financial and accounting. The lawyer who oversees all the counsel and, and it's kind of like the consigliore of the band. The manager kind of just wears all the hats. So um, again, we're not the, the biggest band yet, but I've done a lot on press, getting press pushes and, and dealing with different people, talking to potential people that want to work with us, like publicists, um, and really just like full scope, like getting to know the band being like a personal friend and, and being like honestly like family with them while also keeping the big picture in mind and the vision and the goals and the business. Um, because, you know, I, having come from the business management background, I think that makes me a little unique because a lot of people don't have that experience. And I have seen a successful band. I've seen artists that do hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue. And I've seen what the inner look, inner framework of that business looks like. And so for me, I can conceptualize it. I can, I can see what it, it's like to be a band at scale, at least from the numbers side. And I know it's real. And so if you have the talent, if you have the conviction, if you have the you know, drive, you can make it. It's re really hard, but you can. That's kind of my role as manager is to remind the guys just of how talented they are, to push them, to motivate them, to help brainstorm. And we have a call in 35 minutes and we're doing a full content brainstorm. Um, we haven't quite penetrated on TikTok because um, we've been sort of trying to build up a strategy. And I know we're a little late to the game, um, but we have actually a brainstorm and we're going to just be spitballing ideas and rolling out some content soon. So it's really, it's full service involved in all aspects. Um, and at scale, when you're a manager, at least from what I've seen working with big managers is you're the, the point person at the label. You're the point person with the agent. You're the point person with the lawyers. You're the point person with the creative director. You're the point person with the publicist. You're the point person with the talent buyer. You're the point. You're just the person. Like you're the the, the guy or girl. Like you're the, you know, you're the um, sort of the quarterback in a lot of ways. Um, and that's why I decided to go down this route is because it's exciting to be kind of have my foot in all aspects of the process of building a band into a business. So that's what it's been like for me. Um, I know a lot of managers are creative and they're creative managers and they help uh, much more on the musical side of things and the development of that. I play music. I love music, but I let the guys handle that and I'll give them my opinion as a fan. 
and I'll give them insights as a fan, but I'm not here to like tell them what to do or how to do anything, but instead to just motivate them and inspire them to be their best selves and to, you know, to live their purpose. That's awesome, man. So you kind of like the CEO of the band, like just the go-to guy. I think in a lot of in a lot of cases the manager is the CEO. I think in most cases the manager is the COO and is sort of like the operator and keeps things in perspective. Um, in our case, you know, we haven't thrown too much budget around and stuff, so I'm kind of the CEO, CFO, COO. I kind of do all those things, but I'd say that different members of the band step up to the plate for different things and everyone adds value in their unique way. So I wouldn't put titles on it or labels, but for the most part, the managers usually like the COO. So this podcast is all about helping students start their careers. So what kind of advice would you give to a student trying to navigate this industry? The biggest piece of advice I have is close your eyes. Think about music and the music industry and why do you want to work in it? You know, because there's a lot of people who think they want to be in the music industry because they want to hang out with Drake or because they want to hang out with Ariana Grande. That's not a good reason to work in an industry. This is, it's, you know, to work in music, you really have to make that your life. You have to be, it's like a lifelong commitment and you have to give it your all. So my advice would be really, really evaluate, look in and think, do I want to make a career out of this or am I just a fan? Because that's, there's, there's a really important distinction. And for a lot of people, being in music actually burns them out and can kind of make them jaded toward live music and toward listening to music. For me, that's not the case. My love only goes up every single day. But I'd really question, like, why do you want to work in music? And what do you want to do in music? Because some people like to work with talent. They like to develop people. They like to develop talent. Those people should be in talent development. They should be at labels in the A&R or management. Some people love music, but they want to be lawyers. So they should go to law school and go down the legal track. So I would really evaluate, why do you want to work in music? And, and when you can really own that why, like for me, it was, I was at a concert. I loved the concert so much. It was the Chance Show. And I thought to myself, I want to create this experience and replicate this for people around the world. That's my why, is I want to be able to create experiences for people that I've been able to have for myself who may not be able to get that experience otherwise. I want to make concerts affordable. I want to make concerts accessible. And at that point, it's not for me anymore. It's not for my enjoyment. It's not for my pleasure. Uh, it's for, you know, it's for the greater good. It's for other people to be able to have those um, experiences that I've been afforded in my life. So my biggest, my biggest advice is hone in on your why. And once you've done that, then we'll talk. Um, and, and you can get more tactical on the advice. But that's my, my first piece of advice. And it's really important that you do something you love and that what your career is makes you happy. Um, and so I know a lot of people who are music lovers but hate their jobs in music, and they're probably at the wrong place. Um, so second piece of advice is know that it's a hard game. It's a long way to the top if you want to rock and roll, in the words of ACDC. So don't expect to make a ton of money right away or expect fame or any craziness like that. It, you know, Good things come to those who stay true and to those who stay focused. But really, like, when you can hone your why, it makes everything else a lot easier um, because you have intentionality and you're not just doing it to meet Drake. So that's that's my biggest piece of advice. And I'm happy to talk to anyone ever who is interested in music and working in music. I'm fully available. Email, Instagram, you know, LinkedIn, you know, how we got connected on LinkedIn. So I think that's totally cool. And I'm, I would love to hopefully be able to give advice to more people. Yeah, I mean, figuring out your main purpose is super, super important. 
So if you don't mind, let's do a quick fire round. It's very, very cheesy and weird, but let's do it anyways. So <laughs> that's okay. So what's your favorite movie? Boogie Nights. Oh yeah, I love that one, man, with uh, Mark Wahlberg. Uh, Paul Thomas Anderson is yeah. a genius. Yeah, for sure. Do you have a favorite sport? Basketball. This might be a difficult one for you, but do you have a favorite band or artist right now? Currently or ever? Um, currently. Yeah, there's this rock band in Southern California called Vista Kicks. Um, they're signed actually by the management company that manages the Rolling Stones. So that might take an interest to you, Glass Tree. Um, they're called Vista Kicks. V-I-S-T-A-K-I-C-K-S. They remind me of the Strokes. They remind me of Cage the Elephant. But they also remind me of like the Beach Boys and the Beatles. And they're very bluesy and rocky, but also they're they're folkish and singer-songwriters. They kind of do it all. I, I think, I don't know how they're not the biggest rock band right now. Like they're so good. So that's probably my favorite current band. And Lithic, of course. But Vista Kicks is... Yeah, I was waiting for you to say that. <laughs> I, I can't, I can't, be too, I can't self-promote too much. I ask of all time as well. It, so it, it depends because the Beatles, the Beatles and Pink Floyd, I think subjectively make the best music of any artist in the history of art. Like for me, um, both those bands transcend musicality. Um, but my favorite live band is Fish. I'm not the biggest jam band guy. I do love, love jam music, but Fish puts on a show in their community and their culture and their vibe is so cool and unique. I think it's impossible to not have a good time at a fish concert. And I've seen them like six times now. So they don't, they're not my favorite band to listen to, but they're my favorite band to see. Um, and so, yeah, so Pink Floyd and Beatles are definitely the best bands, if you ask me. Um, but um, I've never seen either. I've seen Roger Waters. That was pretty cool. That was, that was really cool. But it, it still wasn't Pink Floyd. Um, but Fish is my favorite band my favorite live band cool matt thanks so much for doing this i really appreciate it you know i think we've got similar music taste as well which is uh which is always nice yeah let's 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 connect let's let's chat outside of this too i'd love to just like shoot the shit yeah. offline yeah for sure man sounds awesome well thank you for having me on this was this was a lot of fun and i hope it's interesting to somebody <laughs> yeah me too matt thanks so much matt all right take care man bye see you man cheers huge thank you to matt latest for joining me here on the founders house podcast season two if you haven't done so already, please subscribe to our podcast, wherever you're listening to it, on Apple or Spotify, wherever. I'm your host, Milan Earhart. I'll see you next time.